our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel of Matthew. Let us listen for the story of God and the love that is in this story. Now, while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very costly ointment. She poured it on Jesus' head as he sat at the table. But when the disciples saw it, they were angry and said, Why this waste? For the ointment could have been sold for a large sum and the money given to the poor. Jesus was aware of this and said to them, Why do you trouble this woman? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. By pouring this ointment on my body, she has prepared me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, you call forth from us praise, adoration. You call forth from us gratitude. By the love that you show us, open our hearts that we may experience the grace you pour into us and that we may pour out our spirits before you. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. There was a boy about ten years old, and his mother always made him walk down to the forest at the corner of the street to buy flowers for the dinner table. And he hated doing it. He just hated doing it. He had to walk through town with flowers. He did not like it. And he said, spending money on something that is just going to die anyway. And he did not see the point. Years later, he was in the florist putting together an incredible bouquet. And he didn't care that it was going to die, and he didn't care how much it cost. These flowers were for his fiancée. He was in love, and he wanted to show her how much he loved her. So he gave her something really beautiful. Last week and the next few weeks were talking about growing and spiritual abundance and how we in our lives can experience God's grace. One of the most powerful practices is gratitude. That act of naming the good things in our lives, the things that make us laugh or smile, the good works that we see, what taste good? What gave you comfort or helped you calm down? When you pick up your fork, offer thanks for your food. 
you put your head on the pillow, practice that Ignatian spirituality of examen. Be still and know that you are in God's presence. Review your day. Look for the good. Count your blessings. This is God in your life. If Eric were preaching, he would go into detail about the brain science that is involved in this, and he will still do this as he preaches on gratitude. But I tell you, there is the scientific proof that gratitude, believe it or not, makes you exercise more, eat less, lose weight. It is so, sleep better. I am kidding you not. Thomas Merton, the contemporary mystic, says to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything that God has given us. In gratitude, we are constantly awakening to new wonder and awe and praise at God's goodness. For the grateful person knows that God is good, not by hearsay, but by cause we experience it in our bodies. And that makes all the difference. Hearing that God is good is great. Saying that God is good is wonderful. But experiencing God's goodness and claiming it is how we grow in spiritual abundance. Worship is a way we show our gratitude, showing off We pour our souls in thanksgiving and prayers and songs and money. The woman who poured out the ridiculously expensive perfume onto Jesus' head had to pour it out. She had to show him she was grateful that she loved him. Jesus didn't need the perfume poured all over his head. But she had to show her love. God doesn't need us to say thank you. It is we who desperately need to express our gratitude. God doesn't need our worship. God knows God is great. It is we who need to worship and pour out our love. God does not need our money. But it is we who need to give as an act of worship, as pouring out of our love and devotion and gratitude to God. God doesn't need our songs. God has a heavenly choir. But it is we who need to sing. One of my most powerful experiences of worship was in Manhattan with a youth group taking bags of sandwiches and clothes to the homeless on the streets of New York City. We'd go after midnight when there was less traffic. And after handing out some coffee and some sandwiches to some men there on the street, it was three in the morning. And one of the men started to sing. Hymn number 661. 
start us out? Everyone. man. Yeah. 